Hi everybody. For today, I really have on my heart that the Lord is wanting to call us back to basics. He's wanting to build deep foundations in our lives and encourage us to put down deep roots of trust in him, deepen our dependence on him. And so the title that I've given my talk this morning is The Power of Childlikeness in the Kingdom of God. And I know that not many people would connect childlikeness with power, but Jesus does something amazing with this concept of childlikeness. And in fact, he makes it a qualification for entry into the kingdom of heaven, and certainly a key in living life to the full as his sons and daughters in the kingdom, living in the power of the spirit within. So I just love that Jesus turns things on their head and think of you need to die in order to live or you need to lose your life in order to gain it, give away in order to receive true riches. Realize your weakness in order to know that his strength will be made perfect in that place and become childlike in order to operate in the power of the Spirit in his kingdom. So I find this very exciting and I believe God is going to speak to us through this this morning. So let's look again at the well-known verses that deal with this. First one, Mark chapter 10 verse 15. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of heaven like a little child will never enter it. Matthew 18. Again, Jesus says to his disciples, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom. These verses are often read at dedications, kids' events, but the context in which Jesus actually speaks these words is one of questioning, even competitiveness among the disciples. And Jesus is addressing religious hypocrisy, pride, posturing, ambition among his followers. And he's lifting up, as he points to the child, he's lifting up a model of humility, vulnerability, dependence on him, Simplicity. Self-righteousness, posturing, pride, ambition, self-reliance even, is quite obviously not part of the kingdom and has no place there. So I would like us to consider and just reflect on what childlikeness actually means for us today. And as we explore this topic, I'd like to take David and some of the Psalms he wrote, in particular Psalm 23, I'd like to take those as reference points and examples. So, all right, let's think. Aspects of childlikeness in the kingdom. And the first point I'd like us to consider is humility. David, 
he was not regarded as important or impressive or in any way significant in terms of the way his family saw him. And when Samuel the prophet comes knocking at Jesse's door, looking for a future king, no one thinks of David. He's out in the fields. His job is to look after his father's sheep. And um, that's his task. And Jesse presents his sons for Samuel to look at, and they all seem quite eligible. There's one son that is really, really tall. There's another very handsome. And in fact, all of them seem to be pretty much up for the role. But Samuel is prompted by the Holy Spirit to say none of these. And he asks for someone who he sees is not represented there. So as you know, David is called in and immediately God says, this is the one. We know that Samuel anoints David. And it's in this context that we hear the words, man looks at the outward appearance. We look at the things that are impressive, the things that make sense to us as being perhaps of worth or a standing for something significant. But God looks at the heart. And when he looked at David's heart, he saw the childlike trust of one who knew him, one who knew him as father, one who understood the nature of God as father, David who loved him, who trusted him, who had such a deep conviction and understanding of God's goodness and his kindness, his faithfulness, his strength, his power, and confidence in him as his father. Psalm 23 if we turn to Psalm 23, you can turn with me if you like. If we turn to Psalm 23 and we look at it and we refresh our memories, it tells us actually a lot about David's relationship with the Lord. It was built on trust, dependence, reliance, love and confidence. And we see that throughout the psalm, as we go through those verses, we can see that David relies completely on on his father, his shepherd father, for protection, for provision, for nurture, for nourishment. David, of course, being himself a shepherd, understood what it meant to shepherd sheep, how you had to protect them, how you constantly needed to look out for them, to watch them, to feed them, to see that no harm came to them, to care for them. And he understands that, that is that's actually part of God's nature. He is a father who does those things for us. And if we look right from the beginning, that amazing confidence, the Lord is my shepherd, it says. I shall not be in want, David wrote, or I shall lack nothing, as the NIV says. He knows that his source of all he needs, from his inner being to his outer needs, all is supplied by his father. It goes on to talk about how God makes him lie down, how God leads him, how his father guides him. He's led to green pastures, quiet waters. There's a restoration of his soul, a feeding of his soul, and bringing him into a place of soul wellness, if you like. As he walks through difficult times in his life, even the shadow of death in that valley, he doesn't have to fear. And in the midst of all the enemies that surround him, and he'd encountered some enemies, 
the lion and the bear and whatever, even in the presence of his enemies, he knows that God provides. The provision of God is there and it's lavish, lavish. The table is prepared. The cup is overflowing and the anointing of the Spirit is on him. It's like I sense that God wants to remind us today that no matter where our journey leads us, no matter what path we feel we're on, what the threats or the attacks and the dangers are, we can rely on him for protection, for provision, for nourishment, for nurture. He's the God that cares for us. In our times of fear and uncertainty, we can, in childlike faith and trust, rely on our Father God for all things that we need. Deep, deep roots of trust, childlike faith. You know, we so often get caught up in, in a sort of an intellectual faith. We focus on knowing how, why, when, look what happened to me, why did this happen to me and not to them. We, we want the argument, we want the rationale, we want the strategy, we want to understand, we want all our answers. Um, and sure, sometimes God does roll out the plan, roll out the map of our path for chapters ahead, but very often, it's page by page, step by step. And childlike trust is not always having all the answers, but following because we know the nature of our Lord. We know the nature of our loving Father, and we know that he's good and he understands what is best. And, you know, little kids, little toddlers, their mum and dad say, right, we're off to Durban. We're going, get in, we're going, we're packing up. The kid has no idea, that little toddler has no idea where Durban is, why we're we going on holiday there, where it is, how long it's going to take. But mom and dad are there. And if they say, well, they're guiding, they're making this decision, we, we trust, we trust them. And it's that kind of trust. We don't always understand why, but we trust. We trust um, that deep, deep childlike trust. There's a beautiful testimony of a friend of mine that I'd like to share. She was a Buddhist and she was used to, in her practice of Buddhism, agonizing over decisions, jumping through the right hoops, ascending the right levels in the right way. And when she gave her heart to Jesus, God gave her the most amazing impression of what it meant to be a believer and a follower of Jesus. She saw herself as a child, as a young child on a beach. And God said, I am with you. I'm your father. I'm right there with you. But you, my child, you can be free. You can go and play, play on the beach. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy your life. Enjoy me. Because that's what life in me means. And all you have to do is listen for my voice. Listen for my voice, respond to my voice, obey my voice, and you'll be fine. That's the freedom, that's the security, that's the life, the kind of life lived in childlike trust and faith that God's called us to. And it's beautiful, it's absolutely amazing. The grace of the gospel and simplicity of the gospel is just the most wonderful thing. I love how little kids, the little ones, 
when anything happens, when they're hurt, when something's frightening, ah, there's this big monster of a dog, I'm scared, whatever it is, even if they've done something wrong, often they'll come and they'll run to the arms of the parent, the mom or the dad, that are, the arms that are there to embrace them, the lap that's that safe, sweet spot. Dad will protect me. Dad will be there for me. Mommy will love me. I can always find comfort and snuggle um, into her lap, into her arms, because they are the arms of security and love. And they know that it's a place of comfort and reassurance. And so often we, as adults, when we're needing that, we revert to hiding that, hiding from God or even hiding from each other. And yet God encourages us to come to him, to find our source of security and comfort in him, to express our hurts, our pain, and yet always land in the Father's voice, the Father's lap, the arms of our Lord, who is the source of our comfort, our strength, the source of our security, the one who loves us unconditionally and endlessly. And we can take a leaf out of David's book because he was the one who poured out his heart to God. And in Psalm 42, he says, my heart keeps crying for your help. My deep need calls out to the deep kindness of your love, God. And in the end, at the end of that, verse 8, God's words to him, all day long, my promises of love pour over you. And we can receive that for ourselves today. All day long, God's promises of love pour out over us. He is our security. He's our love. We can put down deep roots so that we're rooted and grounded in him. I love how kids are so confident about their dad. They're absolutely convinced that their dad can do anything. And I'd like to read a child's poem, a poem written by Steve Turner, um, about my dad. That's the title. And this is how it goes. My dad's bigger than your dad. My dad is tall as the moon, as strong as the wind, as wide as the sky. You should see my dad. He's got stars in his fists. He bends rainbows on his knee. When he breathes, clouds move. He's good as my dad. You can't scare him with the dark. My dad's the best dad ever. I say I love him a million times a million. A million times a million million. But my dad says he loves me billion, trillion times more than that. My dad likes to love. My dad made the world. Such confidence, not only in the earthly dad, but also and mainly and essentially and profoundly in our Heavenly Father. And I feel God just encouraging us to have this incredible confidence, the confidence of a childlike heart in him today. Think about David's life. He slew the lion, he killed the bear, and each victory gave him confidence for the next, set him up for victory the next time in an amazing way. And when he faced Goliath, he knew, he absolutely was confident and 
totally convinced that in his weakness as a little boy, a young boy, God's strength would be made perfect. So Goliath looks down at him and he despises him. He says, nothing more than a boy. He despised him. But David could stand there and say, you come to me with your armor, but I come to you in the name of the Lord, knowing just how powerful he was. What are the giants we face in our lives today, in this season? Not Goliath, the Philistines, but we have challenges, we have giants at this time in our lives. And the God of David is the same God that we have today. And I believe he's calling us to that childlike confidence of those who know their father, who know his nature, who know his goodness, who trust in his strength, and whose strength is displayed in and through us by the power of his spirit. God is calling us to be daring, absolutely fearless, whatever the obstacle, knowing that he can do the impossible. So beautiful. I love the spontaneous abandonment of children. That's another thing that delights me. Just seeing their joy, their wonder in the world. They can look about them. I think of the little girls that are my granddaughters. They can look about them and be absolutely enthralled by a rainbow. Anything that sparkles or glistens. It's beautiful and exciting. Boys love things that make noises. My grandson loves things that explode, that do things. Because they're full of the joy and the energy of life. And it's, it's an absolute inspiration to watch how they praise and they worship tiny little toddlers before they become embarrassed or whatever else they pick up from people around and about them. But that childlike trust when they, that childlike openness and vulnerability when they just praise God from the very core of their being, dance, move, leap, jump, sing from who they from who they are and who they know God to be. It's beautiful. We can become so jaded. We can lose the ability to see the wonder all around us. Robbed of wonder, I often think. And we need to regain that. There's a, there's a beautiful lens through which to view this childlikeness in Psalm 8. In Psalm 8, David talks about his wonder and his awe, because he, he never loses that childlike faith and that childlike heart. And he talks about the awesomeness of God in nature, the awesomeness of God in the skies, the stars. And then he says something about praise and children. He says, through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. And of course, it is referring to the praise of actual young children, young in years. But it's talking about more than that, I, I, I know. It's talking about the childlikeness with which we can worship God. When we are vulnerable, when we are open, when we allow ourselves to be full of wonder again, opening our hearts to him, seeing the joy and the beauty and the magnificence of who he really is and being wowed by it. The expression of joy and praise from childlike hearts is powerful spiritual warfare. So let's look at David's life, how this plays out, how this 
childlike trust, spontaneous, abandoned sense of being able to praise God with joy, how it plays out at various times in his life. In Psalm 34, we see a low point, apparently one of the lowest points in his life. And we looked at this last Sunday, but I thought to mention it again. He is at an absolute terrible state in many ways. He's alone. He's hiding in the cave of Adullam. He is, he should be terrified because Saul is out to kill him and they hired assassins chasing him down. But what do we find him doing instead of huddling in fear and terror. He's actually not. The cave is resounding with praise because David is praising God at this point in his life. He's experiencing the joy and the wonder and the victory of heaven. Listen to what he says in one of the verses in the psalm. He says, let all who are discouraged take heart. Join me, everyone. Let's praise the Lord together. Gaze upon him, join your life with his, and joy will come. This is the joy of heaven, not the joy of circumstances. He says, when I had nothing, desperate and defeated, I cried out to the Lord, and he heard me, bringing his miracle deliverance when I needed it most. Drink deeply of the pleasures of this God Experience for yourself the joyous mercies he gives to all those who turn to hide themselves in him. The glorious joy of heaven in the darkest circumstances. And then let's consider perhaps one of the highest points in David's life. The Ark of the Covenant is returning to Jerusalem. The procession is moving towards the city of Zion, and David, in absolute abandonment, full of the joy of the Spirit, casting aside all things that might keep him from this absolute joy of praising God with all his being. There's no pride. There's no sense of let's keep my dignity and my respect in the eyes of man. He's cast that aside. He is dancing and leaping in the street. And he's apparently clothed in not much more than his underpants. So he's practically naked physically, but I believe that shows us a deeper truth because it's like he has bared his soul. He is vulnerable in that place. He has humbled himself. And when his wife despises him and tells him that in no uncertain terms, Look how he answers. He says, I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. Throughout his life, despite ups and downs, despite mistakes and falls, David retained that childlike heart of trust in God. Passionate love and joy and just absolute trust and confidence in his God giant slayer with a childlike heart. And God said about David, he is a man after my own heart. Isn't that wonderful? So I'd like to conclude today by quoting some words of Mother Teresa's. This is a quote. This is what she said about 
path of loving trust. She says the path of loving trust means total reliance on our Heavenly Father with the spontaneous abandonment of little children, totally convinced of our utter nothingness, but trusting to the point of rashness with courageous confidence in his fatherly goodness. Courageous confidence in his fatherly goodness. And God has challenged me again on this point. Childlike, childlike trust, childlike confidence, childlike joy, childlike humility before your God. That is the way, that is a key to a life of fulfillment and joy and power in the kingdom of God. And so if you can relate to what I've shared today, and like me, you want to pray for God to take you to a deeper level of trust, to put down deeper roots, to establish you and root you more deeply in the Father heart and nature of God, then perhaps you'd like to just pray, just speak to the Lord with me right now as we end. Lord, we give ourselves to you just in utter abandonment. And Holy Spirit, would you do a deep, deep work in our hearts so that our lives, as we trust in you with childlike trust in our lives, you can pour out your love, your power, and that you, Holy Spirit, can radiate through us. Fill us with your courage and work miracles of healing, of salvation, of grace through our love to change the world around us. Amen.